probably one of the most confusing and biggest hangups about God after leaving the church, or if you're just coming to Christianity in general, it has to do with the Trinity. Today, that is what we are talking about. We saw pictures of this gray-haired old heavenly father next to a strapping, very Caucasian Jesus all growing up. And so this idea of the Trinity can be very confusing. If you are struggling with this, know you are not alone. The Trinity has caused debate ever since the beginning of the church. But today, we are going to break it down into four very simple steps because it is beautiful, it is amazing, and it is a basic that we have to know. Today, we're talking about the Trinity. Let me guess, the world keeps telling you you are enough. All on your own, you are enough. Well, I'm about to drop a truth bomb. On your own, you will never be enough. Wait, hold up. Okay, did I get your attention? I am Shelby Hosfield, and at times I was an ex-Mormon, agnostic, a Sunday Christian, and a New Age follower, but God had very different plans for me. The whole time I was living in a very big lie, that I was in charge somehow of my own enoughness and my works were going to save me and my life. Don't get me wrong, I am all about self-help and personal development, but as a born-again, fully transformed Christian, I learned there is the world's way, and there's God's way. To quote C.S. Lewis, the more we get ourselves out of the way and let him take us over, the more truly ourselves we become. You are enough not because of what you have done, but because what he has done, and he lives through you. If you are ready for Bible truths, theology, and apologetics, and wisdom from his word that will shape your life, your confidence, and yes, your feeling of enough, then friend, you are in the right place. This is Finding Faith Above. Oh my goodness, it feels good to be back. So I took a very long needed break over this summer and a lot of it had to do, I am gonna be completely honest with this particular episode. I wrote this months ago and uh, really just ugh, needed some confidence to get out there and actually share it because the Trinity is such a big thing. So I'm gonna just tell you right now, Everything that I say today, I want you to go and explore this and research this and jump into all different things because it is a complicated uh, topic that we are going over today. And I'm not claiming to have everything all perfect and right. What I am trying to just bring you today is just the very basic concept of it because it is so important. And the reason why is because our purpose here on this earth as God directed us is to love him. And in order to love him, we have to know him. And knowing him means that we know who he says he is in the Bible. And the Trinity is the whole concept of God in all of his amazingness. And in order to know him and love him, we need to understand this concept. And uh, yeah, that is why we are going to be talking about this and why I invite you to continue to just learn as much as you can about this. Before we go any further, I've also been working on something really cool over this summer when I was taking a break from the podcast, uh, the Finding Faith Above websites. We are debuting that coming up this week. I am so excited about it because so many of you have a huge story to tell and a message and something that is really just on your heart that you are feeling convicted to share from God so that we can do what the Great Commission was, is to go out there and to spread his name and his word and his message to everyone. And many of you are doing that. And in order to do that, 
you typically at this day and age need a website. <laughs> and it is, I'm an artist, so it is one of my favorite things to do to get in there and to play around and make beautiful websites and to do all of the cool stuff of connecting your email with your site, with your uh, every way that, you know, you connect to the world. So if you're a podcaster, whether you're an author, whatever you do, uh, that website is kind of your hub. It's your home. And my home for this podcast is Finding Faith Above. And I want to help you to also be able to have your hub, your home, where you are able to share your message with the world. And so that's what we're debuting this week. And I would love to work with you doing some business coaching with that as well. Just helping people to make this happen. Uh, this podcast which is so amazing to me, is actually a 5% Christian podcast right now. So if this is something that you are really loving and you want to also share with the world, then Faith Above Websites is where you should go. All right, so let's jump into the Trinity. This is going to be a big one today. So to start with, what is the Trinity? The Trinity is God. God is three persons in one nature. There are a whole onslaught of fairly inappropriate analogies that people like to use for this. Uh, let's talk about the egg, for instance. It has three parts. It has the yolk, the white, and the shell, but all is one egg. <laughs> kind of weird. And it does not do a good job, really, of giving God justice. We don't really want to compare God to an egg, do we? But on the other hand, though, we do like to try to put God into something that we can understand. One analogy that I guess maybe makes a little bit more sense to me is the mind, body, and spirit. Three pieces of the same me, still not great, but better than an egg. But ultimately, the problem that all of these analogies seem to have is that we are trying to put God into a human general term, something something in the parameters that our human brain can understand. We try to make him small so we can understand him in a way that makes sense within human laws and earthly comprehension. But think about this for a second. God, he stands outside of time and space. God is bigger than man's rules. He created this, this whole thing. I mean, think about that. Can man actually create anything like this? No. <laughs> Why in the world would we want to try to fit God into a, into a human-sized box. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. God, in all three forms, is so much bigger than we could even imagine. From him, the stars were formed, galaxies created, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, the heavens and the earth, the angels and everlasting everything. He created all things. So why should we care about the Trinity, especially if it may be something that we can't fully grasp? Because Jesus told us the most important thing we can do is to love God. Just like we talked about already, God in our heart, in our mind, with all of our soul, that is what our entire purpose is, is to know him. The Trinity is essential to us as Christians in order for us to actually know him, to build that relationship with him, and then to make him known. It truly is fundamental. I heard someone describe it as, you know, <laughs> if, if you were, are married, your husband, you would want to know everything about him if you're going to love him, right? <laughs> and in 
in Christian faith, uh, it is just so important for us to be able to understand and to know him. So let's jump into that was that was number one on our whole little steps here. Why should we care about the Trinity? Because that's the first step in this is understanding why we should care in the first place. And the second thing that we need to kind of explore and try to understand here is who actually is God. And it's not what our feelings or our brain feels about God. I think that is uh, something that in this world, a lot of people try to do that God is all around us and he's in us and blah, blah, blah. And, and it's all about feelings. But as a Christian, we go back to truth. And the one thing that we know as truth is his word which means we're looking at the Bible. So in the Bible, uh, in very clear terms, God is uh, monotheistic, which means one God. Um, the God of the chosen people was very different than all other traditions and belief systems of that time. So we are talking, you know, 3,000 years ago, a very, very different belief system. For most people in the world, they believed that there were many gods, and the Jewish God was very different in that he was all-encompassing, all very forgiving, and one God. That was very different. And the thing is, is God does not change. So God is the only one able to forgive sins. He is the creator of everything. He is the life force and the complete story behind and in everything and everyone. And that is what our Bible tells us as far back as the first pages of Genesis. He is also three separate beings, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is not modalism. <laughs> that is something that kind of came out of this. And if you think about it, it's kind of like in our modern terms where we say we wear lots of different hats in our life. So, you know, one day we put on our hat and we are uh, the work person. And then we put on another hat and we are a mom. And then we put on another hat and we are a wife. And you're, we're kind of playing different roles, uh, but we're never really two things at the same time. That would be modalism where God, like, he is the father. And then he is the son. And then he is the Holy Spirit. But he's never three things at the same time. And that is, that's false. That is not what we are talking about. Because the Bible says over and over that he is omnipresent. He is omniscient. God is all three persons in one essence at all times. And if your brain is like, hmm, <laughs> remember, we are not supposed to be able to fully comprehend God. Anything that cre can create this whole entire universe cannot be fully comprehended. Now I want you to, if you have a minute, go ahead and click on the show notes for this episode because I do a blog episode with every single one of these podcast episodes because I'm a visual person. And if you are a visual person also, I have some really great visuals for you to go ahead and take a look at. Um, there is one that I everyone kind of comes back to with, with God in the center. We have God as the Father, the Holy Spirit, and the Son. Um, throughout that, all of them are God. I want you to go ahead and take a look at that. So click on the show notes so that you can take a look. Um, there's also, along with this, uh, all different amazing, great Bible verses. And I invite you again to explore this. This is what I'm telling you today is just scratching the surface. Like you literally could spend like 10 lifetimes diving into this. But we're talking about, again, who is God? So the Bible never explicitly says the Trinity. 
but it is talked about throughout the entire Bible. Even as far back as Genesis 1.26, when God made the world, he said, let us, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. In the original Hebrew and Greek, much of the verb tense is actually plural when talking about God. Uh, this doesn't always translate into English, but those who study it on a very deep level can understand this meaning in the fact that the Trinity was established as the doctrine of the truth of the early church in the fact that we have all of these, these very, uh, for us it seems very complex, but for them very basic, very understood, concepts in the fact that there is, that God is plural and that he is three, but that he is also one. All right, so the next thing that we are going to look at is those three different persons of the one nature of God. So what is the natures of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? There are two books of the Bible that talk about creation, the beginning, Genesis, and then also John. John 1 1 is one of my absolute favorite verses because it just it it sums up so many amazing beautiful concepts of the Bible in just a few simple sentences. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. That's John 1, 1 through 3, and then 1, 14. This is Jesus, God, the creator, who became flesh and dwelt among us. Okay. All right. Let's now do a little bit deeper dive into all of this. Let's first look at the father. This one is the biggest shift for us. It definitely was for me coming from Mormon doctrine because we have all of these wonderful pictures of, you know, Joseph Smith sitting there in front of God the Father and Jesus, the two beings. And we see God as the gray-haired old man that all of us love. And even in the world, in, in modern cult culture, we have, you know, uh, God Almighty and or Bruce Almighty or whichever one that was, where God is depicted as this gray-haired old man. But this is what the Bible says about God. God is not a man. I know this seems crazy. We see him as that man, but God is not a man. God is spirit. It, he was the burning bush. Uh, if anybody did look at him, they would go blind. Moses was blind for a while when he did see God. Um, he's not a man. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. That's John 4, 24. Psalm probably, the Psalms probably goes more in depth into the nature of God than any other book. And if we're getting to know God, that is probably one of the best places to really dive into because the nature of God is all over it. Let's look at Psalm 18, 31 through 32. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God, the God who equipped me in strength and made my way blameless? The Father is infinitely above us in all things, so much 
that the very nature of him is larger than we can grasp. Man could not create all this, know all things, be all present and all encompassing. In Exodus 3.14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. That about says it. He is not man, never was a man, is outside of time and space. He is so much bigger than an exalted man could ever hope to be. He is the great I am. Think about how big that is. All right, so then who does that make Jesus? This is fun. (laughs) Jesus is God, the word in the flesh. He is the only son of the father. We are sons of Adam, meaning we are the same kind. We are man. Jesus is one of the same kind, the same substance as the Father. He is not the Father, but he is God. We just got done talking about God as the great I am. Did you know that these very words, these very words were said by Jesus? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. John eight fifty eight. Jesus was basically claiming his divinity. Remember, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember? We just talked about that one. I remember the first time I thought about Jesus in this context, God on earth. Um, It was kind of a funny little story. There, There was a crucifix that had kind of connected itself somehow to my daughter's backpack. I know that sounds really crazy, but uh, I had this little crucifix on there and it was clearly, I think, probably a Catholic crucifix or whatnot, but it was, it was Jesus. And I it just hit me all of a sudden <laughs> as I had gotten this little funny thing. This was in preschool, so I don't even know how this happened. I, God does funny things. But I, I looked at this and all of a sudden with this great, huge... I don't even know what you would call it, over me. It was the idea that Jesus was God on earth. So let that sink in for a minute, because that was a huge one for me, that Jesus was God on earth. So in John eight fifty eight, he was claiming his divinity, but that was the only place he did it. And uh, Jesus made huge claims that people of that day just really could not reconcile. He called God Abba, meaning father. Nobody did this at the time. Nobody would claim to have been close enough to God to have called him father. He claimed to know him, to have been with him. He forgave people for their sins, something only God could do. Throughout the prophecies of his coming in the New Testament accounts of Jesus, he is named as the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, meaning God with us, the Lamb of God, the way, the truth, the life, our Savior, and the only way to the Father, I am. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let that all sink in. Doesn't that feel cool? All right, so next we're looking at the Holy Spirit. More than anything, the Holy Spirit is love. It is God, God's love. He is an entity that embodies this. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was known as the giver of life and the one who spoke God's word through the prophets and authorities of the Bible. In this New Testament, he is described as God's love poured into our hearts. So let's back up a bit. 
you may have been always told that the Holy Spirit is given to us when we are baptized and possibly with the laying on of hands or whatnot, that it is something that is, is given by authorities to us. But where does this whole idea of the Holy Spirit come from? Now, I love this part. This is probably going to be my one of my favorite parts of the whole podcast because I think this part is just so incredibly cool. So way back Old Testament times, in order to actually feel God or to be with God or to have God with you, it wasn't like Holy Spirit was just in our hearts uh, because sin prevents God from being able to, like that overlapping of where God can be must be, must be blameless, must be sinless in order for us to have uh, God's spirit, that's where we need to be. And so in the Old Testament, that had to happen in the tabernacle or in the temple with a sacrifice. So when you made your sacrifice that made you blameless, and there was the area in the temple that God could overlap. And so those who were clean, fully clean, which would be the people who were in charge of taking care of the temple, would then be able to enter on your behalf into the Holy of Holies, where God could actually be, that overlapping of God, God and and where we are. And uh, that could not happen if there was any sin there. So that is what's so beautiful with the whole story of Jesus and his sacrifice, because God had to do it. Jesus as God had to be the one to to cleanse us of of our sin so that we could carry God with us. So what happened was when Jesus was on the cross and and he called out, it is finished. And the veil over the holy of holies at the temple was torn. This was huge, probably like the hugest thing ever. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice, making all further sacrifices unneeded and the temple unnecessary. That's right. No need for the temple. What does this have to do with the Holy Spirit? This meant that we could all be forgiven of our sins when we accept Jesus' sacrifice, when we become blameless, when we become in Christ. We are freed from sin and now we are allowed to carry God with us in our hearts as the Holy Spirit. Nobody has to give that to us. God already gave that to us when we accept him as our sacrifice, as our redeemer, as our savior, because then we are blameless. That's pretty cool, right? So one of the best passages on the spirit or the helper, as Jesus calls him in John chapter 14. Read the whole thing. It is really great. But here is a couple passages to kind of sum it up. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. That's in John chapter 14. That is Jesus telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit and how they are now going to carry God within their heart as the Holy Spirit. Pretty cool, right? I think that's like probably one of... I just, the coolest things of all of Bibleness. I think just having the veil torn with the Holy Spirit then able to be with us and what that meant that he was the ultimate sacrifice really is just so incredibly cool.
All right, so now we're moving on to step number four. How are three persons one God? And this is the mind bender of it all because we talked about this and and how God and Holy Spirit and Jesus, how they have all basically worked together in this triune of love to move around us and that love that is that is God. So let's take a look. C.S. Lewis says uh, it all so incredibly well. I mean, he's just, he's just, just amazing. Go read Mere Christianity. It is probably one of the best things you could possibly ever do. It, I listened to it and I loved listening to it because the man who narrates it, just his voice is just awesome. But uh, yes, just read Mere Christianity <laughs> right now. Just go do that. <laughs> well, after you're done with the podcast, then, then go do it. In any case, okay, so he explains the Trinity as this, and I'm just going to basically paraphrase what he says. He says it probably way more beautifully than I could, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. So imagine a line. It is one-dimensional. Now I want you to imagine a square, okay? It's two-dimensional. Now we have a cube. It's three-dimensional. Now each thing is built upon the last, and you need all three things in order to make the final cube. Each thing is built upon the last. And if you were to see the line or then the square in a two-dimensional plane, you'd have no idea the depth of the object under the surface. And maybe you wouldn't be ready to completely understand it in the first place, such as the Trinity. It is not always possible for us to see how it all is one because we see on either a one or a two-dimensional plane. But when you understand more and you can see more, well, then the more that just makes sense. So the Bible Project, which I always love the Bible Project, but they always do such a great job of visually making this possible. And they have a great video, again, in the show notes that is all uh, on the show notes for this show. Great visual on understanding exactly what C.S. Lewis was talking about and really what the Bible in general is talking about in the fact that God is one, but in three persons. So it's kind of a mind bender. I understand that, but the Trinity is an essential part of the Christian faith. But don't let this confuse you to the point that you can't move forward with your faith. Um, it is something that can and should be studied because our purpose is to love and to know God and to make him known. God is the Almighty, the Alpha and the Omega, our creator, the beginning and the end. And God is all three persons in one essence, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is not the Father, but all three are God. That is the love that encompasses what, what we feel in our hearts, what we worship, what is our saving grace. God is all-knowing, he's all-seeing, and he transcends time and space. And the biggest thing, if I could just say anything about all of this, he is bigger than we can even imagine. We are made in his image in the fact that we are love, humor, joyfulness, sadness, and our souls can be eternal in him. But God is not man. God is God. And how amazing is that, that our God is so big that he can make anything possible and is worthy of all our praise. All right, so you have been listening to the 10 basic Christian beliefs that every exmo and new believer in Christ needs to know. And basically everybody needs to know. These are these are concepts that are so key and fundamental to our Christian faith and many times we 
even if we've been believers for forever, it's not something that we dive into. So that is what this whole series is all about. Again, I am so excited to be back here and podcasting with you all. Uh, This is not going to be the only thing we're doing in this series. We're going to have interviews and all different sorts of other fun stuff coming up. Uh, So I really invite you to just go ahead and subscribe so that you don't miss any of these episodes. We're going to have um, great people, authors, different people on here um, to talk more about all of these beautiful concepts. And I also would love to invite you over to Finding Faith Above. One of the things that I would love for you to do more than anything else is if you could, please go ahead and leave a review for the show. And if you really did enjoy it, I I would love to hear that feedback. It's the only way that I know that you're enjoying the show. So go ahead and leave me a review. I'd love to hear, uh, you know, just a little bit of love from you guys and say, keep going with the show that I enjoy doing so much. All right. Have a great day and I will see you next time.